You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Rams and Locked On Colts listeners, welcome to week two. This is officially the next game on the schedule, of course, for both teams. I'm Sosa Kermenges, your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, and I'm joined by Evan Sidery, the host of the Locked On Colts podcast. And of course, these two teams are a little bit unfamiliar, the Rams and the Colts on either side of these different conferences. The Rams obviously on the NFC side, the Colts on the AFC side. Haven't played since 2017. I want to say uh, that was the very first game of the Sean McVay era. Of course, very different teams, uh, different quarterbacks. You know, we went from Scott Tolzien and Jared Goff to two new quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz. Uh, and ironically enough, both of these teams kind of shadow each other a little bit here in terms of this quarterback structure and how neither guy played throughout the preseason uh, so we got a lot to discuss. We're obviously going to dive into all of that. But before we get into all of that, I just wanted to tell you guys quickly that the Locked On NFL Draft podcast does relaunch on September 20th with two brand new hosts, Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers, a former NFL player. He's going to do all the player scouting and Ryan Tracy of Locked On Chiefs. He's going to bring all the analytics. You guys can go follow that on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube or the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So uh, that's now out of the way, Evan, we can dive into this game. And of course, uh, the Rams come into this one at one and oh, the Colts, you know, on the other side at oh and one played a familiar foe that the Rams know pretty well in the Seattle Seahawks. I kind of just wanted to get your opinion on, you know, I mentioned that Carson Wentz did not take any snaps in the preseason and neither did Matthew Stafford. So it's kind of weird how these teams are almost in a very similar situation. Obviously both playoff teams as well from last year. How did the team look in that game? And just in general, in the offense, obviously with the new quarterback, did they look like they were maybe masking a little bit of what they didn't get throughout the preseason? Did they lack any kind of chemistry or anything like that? Yeah, I think honestly it went really well for Carson Wentz. It seemed like he picked things right back up like he did with Frank Reich in 2017 when if he didn't blow out his knee in L.A., he would have won the MVP that year. It just looked like he was back in control and rhythm. His confidence was super high throughout this game. You could tell he was super excited to be in Indianapolis. But surprisingly enough, I think Carson Wentz was the best part of this Colts offense on Sunday. He was throwing it down the field. He was being very quick and decisive with his decisions. In Philadelphia, he never used to use the running backs out of the backfield, but Naeem Hines and John Taylor had 15 total targets in that game on Sunday. So maybe Wentz is learning from his mistakes. Frank Reich has always been one to make a keen on lowering your turnovers, making the smart play, and Wentz is certainly buying into that. And really, if Wentz would have had protection in this game, surprisingly enough, the Colts' offensive line was their biggest issue on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. They're missing Eric Fisher, left tackle, but... Wentz is running for his life out there. He got hit 13 times on 40 dropbacks. Just an insane amount to get hit on that much against an underrated, I think, um, Seattle defensive line. It's not nowhere close we're going to be seeing for the Rams on Sunday. So I imagine Aaron Dahl is licking his chops there. But I have to think a guy like Hurston Wentz, he should be getting better week by week. And from what we saw on Sunday against Seattle, he looks like he's very much learning from his past mistakes and getting back on, on the right track. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I kind of tuned into that game a little bit on the side there. And I was shocked to see that a guy like Quentin Nelson actually did play. You know, when I seen how often Carson Wentz was getting hit, I thought for sure he was sidelined. And, and of course, you know, both of those guys did undergo some stuff throughout the preseason there uh, that sounded like they might not be able to suit up for this game. But both guys are obviously very tough and they will suit up in this game, of course. So um, looking at the defensive side of the ball. How did uh, these things happen? I mean, you look at the Tyler Lockett, all these deep catches, the the long touchdown, of course, 
Uh, I want to say the Seahawks scored four touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, this is a defense that was very good last year, specifically in the secondary too. What kind of happened in this game? And, you know, obviously the Rams do run a similar sort of offense that the Seahawks do now that they have the offensive coordinator, formerly of the Rams there, Shane Waldron. Uh, is that any concern for this defense going into week two? I would absolutely be concerned if I was this Colts defense going against, like you mentioned, the almost the exact same offense we're going to be seeing next Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. Shane Waldron is a former Rams assistant now in Seattle. And we saw earlier in the first half, just Russell Wilson was just launching a deep against his cover two, cover three shell and having his way against it. I know Julian Blackman is a great safety, Kari Wilson, underrated safety, but they're not really known for their deep tracking ability. And that's really where Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf got off a little bit. They played a little extra help on DK Metcalf's side with Xavier Rhodes being out. But even still, you can't guard both Lockett and Metcalf at a high level. One of them is going to go off. That's what happened to Tyler Lockett. He had 100 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday. I think it's a concern, especially with what you saw for the Rams against the Chicago Bears, where Matthew Stafford just chucking it with reckless abandon down the field. So, so like it's on that touchdown to Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup as well. In, in the Rams offense, Stafford even has a stronger arm, I would say, maybe in the Russell Wilson. So I think this is a certainly an aspect to watch out for. I wanted to ask you real quick just about the Rams situation with their deep wideouts, Tutu Atwell, Deshaun Jackson. Do you think those guys can be underrated as far as the deep passing game goes on Sunday? Because those are guys that weren't used much in week one. But against this Colts team that's shown already, it has some issues covering the deep ball. They could be some real weapons there. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because this rotation at wide receiver, I feel like it's still a work in progress for the Rams here. Um, you know, of course, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are always going to be your top two dogs, the 1A and 1B receivers on this team. Uh, but oddly enough, the rotation in that first game was definitely strange. I mean, uh, I was one of the people that thought that Deshaun Jackson was certainly going to be the solidified wide receiver three in this offense. But you look at the first game, Van Jefferson logs 34 snaps in that game. Deshaun Jackson only 14 and Tutu Atwell did not play at all, not even on punt returns, which is, you know, what his considered role should be this season, at least at a minimum. So uh, a bit surprising, but like you mentioned, you know, this team has a lot of depth at this position. And I really think they're going to try to play this matchup game based on, you know, how they match up on a week to week basis, depending on which kind of defense they're going to go against. So, you know, when I look at this roster and this receiver room in specific, uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, expect anything too crazy or too different from what we saw in week one. Maybe a few more snaps for Deshaun Jackson, depending on what's going to happen there. Uh, there was some potential news that came out from Adam Schefter prior to Sunday. I want to say it was on Saturday night where he had a list of players that he said were going to be good to go on sa uh, on Sunday. And he listed Deshaun Jackson in there, which was a little strange because he was not on the injury report. So something tells me that, you know, maybe he was a little bit dinged up and we just didn't know. Uh, so that's definitely something to look off for. But I think for sure, you know, with the propensity that Matthew Stafford has to push the ball deep in this offense kind of makes a lot of sense that you want to get some of these guys a few more snaps, but it's really going to depend on what this you know game plan is going to look like. If the Rams want to maybe run the ball a little bit more because in the first game, they couldn't really run the ball through the first three quarters. So they had to resort to passing it a little bit more. You want to expect a few more minutes in time of possession, uh, maybe extreme, you know, these drives a, a little bit longer as opposed to just always going for these deep shots. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's part of the intrigue here. Uh, with the Rams offense, at least, is we don't really know what's going to happen, right? This offense looked completely different in this first game than it did uh, going back to last season. But we're going to dive more into that in just a moment. You guys can obviously follow us on Twitter. You see our Twitter handles here, at LockedOnColts and at QBsMEP. And I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today for this episode here. Uh, if you guys are having car troubles, which I'm sure you probably have, if you have a vehicle waiting for a order to come in or you know looking for a price that's a, a little bit uh, too expensive from your mechanic there, 
You guys don't have to deal with that. You can check out rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They got pretty much every make and model that you can imagine, so they've got you covered. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, all you have to do is just check out rockauto.com. They've got you covered. Go to their website. All the available parts, everything's going to be listed there. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you in there. How did you hear about us? So they know where you came from. Now we can dive into the second segment here. Um, and I'm kind of looking you know, at this Colts team right now. And this team sort of feels like maybe, of course, it was the first week. You know, it's hard to judge exactly what happened. But I feel like this team is definitely going to be a playoff contender this season. I mean, you look at the uh, talent all across the board. And not only that, but I still feel like they're kind of getting their feet under them when you consider, obviously, Carson Wentz not exactly starting throughout the preseason, things like that, like we mentioned. What happened with this receiver room? Because I was one of the people that definitely expected Paris Campbell to maybe be, you know, somewhat more used than he was obviously last season. He was hurt, but uh, it didn't look like he was one of those guys that was all too used. Can you kind of break down what happened in that room and what to expect moving forward in this game? Yeah, I was right there with you, So, so I thought Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell would be the two guys to benefit most from T.Y. Hilton's injury. He's not expected to be returning until late October due to that neck injury he suffered in preseason and the last day of training camp. But looking at the numbers, I mean, this has been every single year since 2018. Just an underrated guy on the fantasy wire, or even in the NFL, Zach Paschal, wide receiver. He had two touchdowns for the Colts on Sunday. He's like all reliable for them. He is a great route runner, never drops the ball. He's a great run blocker. He played the second most snaps right behind Pittman in terms of wide receiver usage on Sunday. Campbell was kind of being used more as a gadget guy on the outside and the inside. I think they should expand Campbell's role more. He's just a, he's such a unique athlete, four three one speed, six feet tall, great at catching the ball as well. I think he definitely should be used more often. And then Mike Strawn, their seventh round pick out of Charleston, just a freakish athlete as well, six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. He actually caught a few. Key third downs from Carson Wentz. So the seventh round pick is getting more and more used in this offense with T.Y. Hilton being out. But I would definitely place as Pittman as one, Pascal two, Campbell three, and then Mike Strong four. Those are your top four guys. But the running backs, just based off week one, I think Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines might be the top leaders in catches this year if this keeps up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know that when you got a guy like Naheem Hines, you should probably want to utilize him coming out of the backfield. The guy's essentially just another wide receiver on the field. Um, you know, looking at this other team, the Rams here, it's kind of interesting to me because like I mentioned, these two teams do not know each other very well. And ironically enough, I don't even know how the Rams came out firing just, you know, right out of the gate. There was really no adjustment period for them. It felt like, you know, from the first snap, uh, everything just sort of clicked for the Rams. And you could see there was a handful of snaps there where, Matthew Stafford was maybe a little bit inaccurate. There was a pass to Deshaun Jackson, another one to Robert Woods, where you can kind of see a little bit of that lack of chemistry, but it's not too bad to the point where the guys still made the plays, which was impressive. Um, another area that I'm definitely looking at that I kind of have circled here is, like you mentioned in the first segment, that offensive line for the Colts looking a little bit shaky in week one, which I don't think pretty much anybody expected. Uh, for the Rams on the defensive side of the ball, their defensive line is one of the strengths of this team and, and the defense in general. You know, you look at Aaron Donald going to go up against Quentin Nelson a whole lot this game. I'm sure that's going to be, you know, a battle of the best versus the best elite versus elite, which is going to be great. We have to have that one circled. Uh, but looking at the edge rushers, the guys on the outside, uh, somebody that stepped up big time for the Rams last week was a former waiver wire pickup in Justin Hollins from the Denver Broncos and Leonard Floyd a little bit quiet in that first game. But of course, he's another guy that's always a big factor for the Rams in their front seven. Uh, you look at Braden Smith, a guy that specifically struggled last week. What happened here in terms of, you know, why were these guys so uh, 
not up to par that they typically are in week one. And obviously this is somewhat of a concern, I guess, going into week two, but is this an area that you really have circled in terms of, you know, this could be one of the reasons that potentially the game doesn't go as planned for the Colts, because we do know Carson Wentz is a guy that likes to hold that ball and make plays downfield. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw it in week one, Wentz held on the ball, sometimes a really long time to make things happen down the field. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then that's putting a lot of pressure on the offensive line, especially a banged up one. There's no Eric Fisher in week one. Julian Davenport was their starting left tackle. Braden Smith got absolutely destroyed on on the right side, which is a shocking thing. He had zero sacks, one pressure allowed last year. And he already matched those totals and exceeded them in week one. And Braden Smith, too, is actually on the injury report this week. So he might not actually be playing on Sunday. He hurt his foot and against Seattle. Eric Fisher is still questionable with the Achilles rehab. So there's a, a really strong chance Maybe even maybe Fisher plays more so than Brian Smith Sosa, but there's a good chance that potentially both bookend at tackle are going to be missing Sunday's game against the Rams. And I wanted to ask you this is about Aaron Donald because Quinn Nelson was the only good offensive lineman on Sunday that was consistent. Ryan Kelly had his leakage, so did Brian Smith, Mark Lewinsky as well. Do you feel like maybe if Brian Smith doesn't play on Sunday with his foot injury, do you think the Rams move Donald more to the right side to avoid that matchup with Nelson? Because it's going to be just Lewinsky and potentially Julian Davenport or Matt Pryor who they got via trade from the Eagles in the offseason this past time. And then you could see him go on the right side. Yeah, you know what? I think that is something that we could see. You go back to this week one matchup uh, with the Rams and the Bears, and it was a similar sort of thing where, you know, the Bears, maybe the best lineman, James Daniels, lined up at guard. Uh, They had some question marks at tackle. And Aaron Donald was lining up above uh, left tackle Jason Peters a lot in this game, which is not something that we've seen a ton throughout the course of his career. You know, we've seen it in flashes here and there, but... I definitely think that that is something that the Rams want to utilize because this is obviously the player that, you know, he gets double teamed and triple teamed more than any other defensive lineman in football. And as far as Aaron Donald goes, you know, that whole defensive line is going to go. So if Aaron Donald is not really playing well, you could probably expect that the rest of those guys are not going to play all too well either. And that is one area that does allow the rest of these guys to sort of step up and accumulate some of these sacks and statistics is, Aaron Donald is going to get doubled and triple teamed regardless of where he's lining up. And, you know, you can try to get them all the one-on-ones you want. And I think the Rams do a good job of that by running a lot of different stunts up front, a lot of different unique blitzes where they're going to try to occupy a hat on a hat up front, five on five, something like that. But at the same time, you know, these offensive lines are smart. They're going to try their best to neutralize number 99 and let someone else beat them. And I think that's the way that they have to go about it. Because if you let this guy ruin your game plan, he'll happily do it. And, uh, you know, you can't, double and triple team him every single snap so sometimes may leave a running back in there to chip or a tight end or something like that but at the end of the day I mean he's Aaron Donald for a reason so definitely don't want to let that guy you know kind of beat you up in terms of that front seven matchup there one thing that I want to look at here and I want to get your opinion on this because I think this could be somewhat of a juicy matchup for these guys is the Rams secondary this is the best unit on the team at least on the defensive side of the ball in my opinion you know you look at Jalen Ramsey at cornerback, the best corner in football for my money. Darius Williams across from him, a potential Pro Bowl snub last year, just a stud in his own right. And then a lot of safeties that they like to rotate in different positions. This is the strength of the unit for the Rams. They match up well with pretty much any receiver core. They got all kinds of corners to mix and match, and they rely on these guys a lot. They're going to keep everything in front and sort of just run up and tackle as opposed to let teams beat them deep. But we talked about it in you know a very little brief period there. Carson Wentz wants to push this ball downfield. And something tells me that, you know, this backfield for the Rams here, the secondary, they're probably feeling pretty good about their chances that maybe creating a turnover or two because Carson Wentz, you know, at some point he's going to want to push it downfield for better or for worse, in my opinion. So is that something that's maybe an area of concern for the Colts or, 
do you feel like, you know, they feel pretty decent about how they match up. I think, you know, I might know the answer here because, you know, you look at a guy like T.Y. Hilton not playing in this game, uh, the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, guys like that. So kind of curious to hear your take on how this battle is going to go between Carson Wentz and the Rams secondary. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards going with L.A. here, and especially with the issues we've seen over the last couple of years of the Colts, not having really good separation at wideout to get guys open. It's been a lot of man beaters that Frank Reich's can That's not more just natural kind of usage. That makes me feel like this might be a Paris Campbell kind of game where he can use that 4-3-1 speed in the middle of the field and get those beaters in the middle of the field and see what happens, get an easy 10, 15 yards in those plays. I imagine Pittman might not be much of a factor. Same with Pascal if they're trying to beat him deep. I think it might be more so of a game like we saw in week one with Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Sprinkle in some more Paris Campbell. Try to get some quick stuff off. Because I'm curious to ask you about this, Sosa, because in week one watching Jalen Ramsey, they're using him a lot more on the inside. Like, what's it? What's the difference we're seeing in Jalen Ramsey? Because I know a lot of Colts fans are more used to seeing him as that island guy on the boundary. But he's, he's really doing a lot more unique stuff now with this Rams defense. Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned, you know, they're kind of mixing and matching their guys in the secondary there. And I think that's one of the things that gives them an advantage, regardless of what team they're going up against is because they feel comfortable lining up any of their three corners or any of their three safeties, even in any position back there. You know, you're going to see snaps where Jalen Ramsey is going to be lined up on the boundary on that island. Like you mentioned, you're going to see him rotate into the slot too, where they call him in that, you know, nickel position or that star position in that defense. And they want to keep this guy around the ball as much as possible. They've mentioned that a lot of times. They want Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, to put their best player, at least in the secondary, in good positions to make plays, not just covering guys, but on the football too. They want him to you know, get up there and make tackles or get up there and try to go get picks and things like that. And you look back to that week one game with the Bears, he was active. I mean, he had almost 10 tackles in that game. That guy was moving around and he was active. So you're going to see snaps with him on the inside, on the boundary. Darius Williams, the same thing. He was rotating into the nickel spot, playing on the boundary. And then the last corner as well, David Long Jr. has that inside-outside versatility too. So I really think it just depends on the matchups that they like at that wide receiver cornerback battle. I'm not really sure that there's any one guy that they're going to try to match up with with the Colts here consistently with one corner. Uh, Could potentially see a little bit of Jalen Ramsey on Michael Pittman. They kind of have that similar body structure size as well. Uh, and like you mentioned, Michael Strawn as well, a big bodied guy. You're probably going to want, you know, someone big and physical like Jalen Ramsey to cover him a little bit. But uh, we're going to dive into some of these battles here in just a moment and uh, share our predictions as well as look at this betting line. But before we get there, you guys can always check out betonline.ag, one of our sponsors for today's episode. Uh, all of our eyes are back on the football gridiron now, of course, with the 2021 NFL season back. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now. All you have to do, just head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to horse racing to boxing. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And if you guys do need any help when it comes to betting, you can always check out the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Uh, I last week, not so much luck. I probably should have listened a little bit more to these guys. They're going to have you guys covered for all your favorite picks, which upsets you can look at, which game lines to look at. All you have to do, follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I feel like I probably should have pulled this up, but the last time I checked this line, was 
the Rams favored by four. Is that accurate? I think that is. So um, either three and a half, four, you know, these lines always shift. Maybe when you guys are listening, it might have shifted again. Uh, and we can share our predictions just outright as well, as well as this uh, betting here, these odds. When you look at this matchup, of course, the Colts are home. So that line is a little bit skewed by that as well. The Rams are hitting the road for the first time. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? We're only week two right now. We still don't really know what's going to happen with some of these teams and uh, how they want to approach these things. Of course, Carson Wentz, only 60 minutes with his team. Matthew Stafford, only 60 minutes uh, with his team as well. When you look at this game, you look at how these teams match up. Uh, you look at this betting line. Do you have a prediction, Evan, that you kind of want to share here or how you would bet this game in terms of this betting line as it stands right now? Yeah, I have a pull up actually right now as we're recording. It is at three and a half. So it did move a little bit. The Rams are three and a half point favorites over the Colts. The over under is 48 and a half from what I can see right now. I would definitely lean towards the Rams. I think this is a game where it sets up just like week one for the Colts. A really good quarterback, a solid trench battle on both sides where I think the Rams could hold the advantage. I think the defensive line play for the Colts is going to have to be massive on Sunday. DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay need to really have their way against this Rams offensive line, have a chance to hold up for the secondary and the running game too. I have to go on Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hine to see what happens there. But I would definitely lean going towards the Rams, taking the points here. I'm going to go 24-20, Los Angeles Rams, over the Indianapolis Colts. I think there's a one-possession game late. Maybe a turnover from Wentz seals the deal. But I think this is a close game and the Rams coming on top. Yeah, you know, I, I think I lean towards the Rams as well. I don't know if they're going to fully cover um, four points. Doesn't seem like much, you know, but at the same time, I think back to that week one game with the Rams and the Bears and uh, it felt like the Rams were winning by, you know, 25. But at one point I was it was like a six point game, like late into the game. And I just looked down at the scoreboard and I was like six points. Like, I could have sworn the Rams were winning by 25. At least it felt like so. Um, I still think they have some kinks to work out for sure. You know, they look very susceptible on the ground in terms of their run defense. I think David Montgomery averaged like 6.3 yards per carry, had over 100 yards, a lot of yards after contact. They definitely have to clean up some of that tackling. And that worries me going into this game. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, just a beast coming out of that backfield, as strong as any running back in the league, uh, any talented, talented player. So I would lean with the Rams winning this game as well. I think it'll probably be a little bit more high scoring. I feel like both of these defense might give up a little bit to these offenses. Um, so I'm going to go with a 31-28 scoring line. I say the Rams won't cover, uh, but I do think the Rams will do a pretty good job at coming out on top in this game. So, you know, I won't exactly bet the Rams over. Might bet with the Rams money line just to be a little bit safe. I did that same thing last week. It didn't have the best week in terms of the betting. I'm going to ask you just one more question here, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. If there's any one battle that you're looking at, you know, doesn't matter. It could be linebacker versus halfback or, you know, D tackle versus guard, whatever the case is. And I'll share mine after yours. Is there any one matchup that you have 100% circle that you want to have your eyes on all game when it comes to these two teams? I feel like this is the obvious one. I don't know if I'm stealing from you here, Sosa, but Aaron Donald and Quentin Nelson. I don't know how many snaps we're going to see of those guys, but that's just like a clash of the Titans that we're seeing two future Hall of Famers go up against each other. Nelson, the best left guard in the NFL. Aaron Donald, easily the best defensive tackle in the NFL. However many snaps, that may be 5, 10, 15, 20. It's going to be a hell of a show. I'm going to be watching the, the trench battle right on the screen there to see what happens with those guys when they're matched up. So it's easy for me. I'm going Nelson and Donald. I'm curious to see in a best of 10 or 20 how many of those reps are won by who guy because that's going to be such an even match in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're a football lover, not even just a Rams or a Colts fan, you got to have your eyes on this matchup. I mean, it doesn't get better than this. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching that snap after snap every single time too. For me, I think it's going to be uh, Carson Wentz versus like the Rams secondary in general, or we'll say Jalen Ramsey in specific or Darius Williams in specific, the boundary corners for the most part. 
I just want to see how he's going to respond, right? You come from that first game. I felt like he played a pretty good game, right? The score might not necessarily indicate that they had a ton of success on offense. Um, and I want to say that the Seahawks don't really feel that good of a secondary, right? We've seen this team poached a little bit in the offseason. They lose guys like Shaq Griffin. So kind of worries me why Carson Wentz and that offense didn't do a little bit better in terms of those box score statistics and things like that. But I want to see how he's going to respond in this game because this is a guy who's had a lot of success in the NFL. And I genuinely think that he's not nearly as bad as he looked last season. I just kind of think that was, you know, all these bad things stacked against each other in this bad timing kind of thing. Um, so obviously he's had the most success with his current head coach and Frank Reich. I want to see how he's going to respond. Is he going to be able to battle against these guys? What kind of game is he going to put together? Uh, is it going to be one of those games where he's forcing a few passes and maybe he gets caught up in a turnover or two because these guys can turn over the ball as good as any secondary in the NFL. You look back to last week, David Long Jr. pulls in maybe his first interception. I want to say in the NFL after only starting his second game in his career, uh, and the Rams had three fourth down stops. So they're obviously a defense that's very opportunistic. I want to see just how Carson Wentz can do against these guys. I think it's going to be very interesting. And of course, typically like it always is, you know, how the quarterback plays is probably how the game is going to go. So I think that's going to be the one battle to look out for. And I definitely want to watch the running game as well for the Colts. Are they going to try to establish the ground game, which I think we all expect that they probably will. And will the Rams front seven be a little bit more stout in how they attack Jonathan Taylor? Because last game, uh, it was not great, and I think David Montgomery felt pretty good about that one as well as that Bears offense because that was the one source of offense that they had. They did not attempt a single pass over 15 yards. They were the only offense that did not attempt one last week, or I want to say Andy Dalton was the only quarterback that didn't attempt that. So um, not a great game for the Bears, but I think this game is going to be a very good one. Uh, you guys, thanks for listening. As always, this is Week 2 Crossover Edition, Locked on Colts, Locked on Rams. It's going to be a good game. As always, you guys can enjoy it. Uh, and make sure to tune back into both Locked On Rams and Locked On Colts throughout the rest of this week, as well as next week. We're going to get you guys the game recaps for how this one goes, and you guys will be fully caught up with you know which players stood out, which players maybe didn't play so well. And ultimately, we're going to break down how these games go. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.